This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Museum time again, because I love a museum. Vacations partially spent in museums. You ever go to one, you see a piece of skeleton or a mock-up of a Neanderthal? It's either that or the old insult, right? Oh, he's such a Neanderthal. Does that really work? Were they dumb? Why am I saying Neanderthal and not Neanderthal? I've got questions. Thanks for coming back. I think this is going to be an interesting one. Also, a two-parter. First, what we've mentioned, and then second, a detour. You know what lived alongside these guys? Woolly mammoths. You know, the big elephants with lots of hair and huge tusks. You see these in museums, too. There is a company trying to bring them back from extinction, which is wild. But yeah, to start, Neanderthal, and it's tall, not thal. The word is always pronounced Neanderthal. And who's this? Uh, my name is Fred H. Smith, professor of uh, anthropology and biological sciences. At Illinois State, retired, also anthropology, University of Colorado at Boulder. All right, Neanderthals, who, where? Well, the Neanderthals, first of all, were the people that inhabited Europe, and most of Western and Central Asia about 240,000 years ago, and they exist until roughly about 40,000 years ago. Uh, they were relatively short. Average height would be around five feet, two inches tall. They were very muscular with broad shoulders, and they had relatively short limbs. Uh, all of this is a, an adaptation to the cold that they had to deal with. Their skulls, different than ours, long and low, prominent ridge above the eyes, a big nose, everything was kind of set forward. That's your Google assignment. Do a comparison. Skin pigments, probably lighter, not as much sunlight, but it varied. I mean, we really don't know how hairy they were. <laughs> the older pictures show them super hairy, but it probably wasn't that bad. And the reason we're doing this today is because, as you probably know, there was a convergence. Us and them. Well, early humans and Neanderthals. But, you see, science says they were also humans. Yeah? So we are Homo sapiens. That's what they named us. They were Homo Neanderthalensis. But many people, myself included, would argue that the difference between us and them is not really distinctive enough to warrant different species. So we would put them in what we call different subspecies. This gets technical, but think really close cousins. And in some cases, really, really close. The genetic data would suggest on average somewhere between 1.8 and 2.6% of modern Eurasian gene pools are derived from Neanderthals. The genes in the gene pool are derived from Neanderthals. So there's a little bit of DNA left with us after all there's this time. There's a little bit left with us. Interbreeding. So what do you think? Are you part Neanderthal? Should we do some defending of them? The question from before, were they actually dumb? Or should we think about them differently? We know today that they're not ape-like at all. Uh, brain sizes, basically the same as modern humans living today. 
to go a step or two further with this, you ask about culture. Yeah, tools you know, and fire and shelters and clothes and all that. Of course, and they did. They were they were exceptionally good makers of stone tools. They made a wide variety. They certainly made shelters, controlled fire. They certainly wore clothes. Yeah, they had hides. They worked with those, not tailored clothes. We had that. That was our thing stitching because they're living in such cold environments they simply could not have survived without some kind of clothing so smarter than we give them credit for what happened to them well theories climate change they starved out diseases spread maybe from the early modern humans or it was also them but in a different way we sort of crowded them out because they were always in small groups and then we were running around in pretty big ones and so effectively what happens is that the neanderthals are not so much outcompeted as they are swamped by larger populations of modern humans. Modern humans just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. <laughs> we took over. <laughs> uh, and and the, the Neanderthal populations just couldn't keep up. And when that happened, this strange thing happened. And I stole this from another podcast or a book. I can't really remember. But those early humans, they used to be able to do this thing that now we cannot do. Look upon the different group, look them in the eyes, and know that they're like me, but they're not quite like me. It wasn't like looking at an animal. It was looking at you, just different, which is really weird. But it is something that we we will just never know for both groups. Like, who are those um, guys? <laughs> there was a wide range of thoughts that went on. I like it. It's a fun mental exercise. You ready for the second thing? You know what they hunted? Mammoths. Now, behind us, that's an elephant munching on a tree, because, you know, mammoths are dead. Until they're not. Yeah, hi, this is uh, Ben Lamb. I am the co-founder and CEO of Colossal Biosciences. Colossal, like the word for really big. They say they are the world's first de-extinction company. It's a long story, but shortest way to this is a lot of people have been working on woolly mammoths ever since cloning came around. They say, I can get you one of those. And Ben came across a world-famous biologist who at the end of the conversation about a startup just sort of threw this out there. It was like the biggest mic drop moment ever, right? Because, uh, you know, he'd been working on it, to your point, Mike, for, for years. He just, where do you go from there? Here, apparently, 4,000 years after the last of these died off. Let's do the how, and then we'll get into the why. The how, theoretically, is gene editing. Pinpoint what made the mammoths different than the modern stuff. So what you do is... You sequence the genome of your extinct animal. Andrew Pask, there, Biosciences, University of Melbourne in Australia. He's been working on this too. That entire DNA, that entire blueprint gives you all of the instructions on how to build your extinct species. Where do you get this? Mammoth mummies. Duh. Rare hair. Preserved. And then you find the modern cousin. Turns out it's the Asian elephant. North of 95% mammoth already. And then you start winding back the clock, hoping to get little mammoth embryos. Plenty of skepticism from other researchers as to whether they can actually do this. But if it worked, in the end, do I get woolly mammoth or do I get sort of hairy elephant that looks strange? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of edits that need to be made, right? The key genes that we know drive certain uh, traits, so either skull development or tusk development, maybe hair development that we've got in the, in the mammoth. The eventual idea of these projects is that we would be making every single edit 
to completely rebuild that extinct species. And having those animals back again that you could then re-release back into the wild to have that exact same niche, that exact same role that they used to play in that environment and in that ecosystem. Yeah, they say that's their goal here. A herd back up in the tundra where they can eat and migrate and do all the things that they used to do. Contribute, Colossal says, to the ecosystem. They say a herd of mammoths could be a benefit. But the Jurassic Park question, because we could, but does that mean we should? I'm really glad people watch movies, right? We learn a lot from movies. They inspire us. They're interesting. We do get five quotes from Jurassic Park every single day. Um, <laughs> so we're quite used to it. And so uh, from my perspective, you know, I, I think and from the company's perspective is, you know, we are playing God in making these decisions every day in our lives, right? Like we, we, errat- we as humanity eradicated the thylacine. That's the Tasmanian tiger. Also seems like a good time to tell you on the way out that they want to do this with the thylacine and the dodo bird, too. We eradicated many other species. We've also contributed massively to pollution in their habitat loss. There's a responsibility to be a steward for this, you know, spaceship Earth that we live on. And really, he says, it hasn't been that long. They're almost like mythical creatures, right? They're close enough in human history that we can almost touch them. The thylacine, you know, great grandparents like had them in their yards, right? Yeah. You know, uh, they, they were they're close enough to human memory. When when we talk to people about the thylacine or the mammoth, their eyes light up. And so I think that we can be an ins- inspiration for others because they saw a woolly mammoth and it and they saw what was possible through science. There you have it. I'm going to let you make up your own mind on all that, which you probably already do for all of these. Who knows when or if it'll happen, but until then again, we have museums. Thanks for listening. Next week, what are we doing next week? We got some more of the quick ones, uh, a three-parter. Also, maybe questions about boredom, like why can it get so bad it feels like it actually hurts? (laughs) We'll talk next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 